You're listening to a Skewed Orbit original podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to Highly Unlikely. I'm your host, Alex Getlin, and this is the show where I get my friends high and teach them about a subject that is so bizarre, it seems highly unlikely, but it's 100% true. Now my guest today is my friend Randy Valerio. He's a great comic. He's also a podcaster, host of the Ready, Set, Blow podcast. I've been on several times. It's awesome. And this episode, we're going to learn about money laundering. Experienced something, not necessarily money laundering, but you know, I'm a big fan of the mafia and yeah, and, and organized crime. So I, I I know a little bit, but I feel like I know a little bit about a lot of stupid subjects. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like I, a lot of useless knowledge. You I know? feel very like sim. I relate to you in that way because I'm similar. I have like I'm not an expert in that many things. Almost almost none. Like maybe one or two things I would like. You have experience in. Yes, experience I wouldn't say expert, but I'm like very well versed. Yeah, and then I know a ton of shit. You know what's funny? My in law, not like to my face. It was like kind of like referring to me. My um, uh, step, uh, my, my God, I'm, I'm already high. My father in law <laughs> referred to me as a human computer because I can just like recall like random facts, and so it's just. Um, oh yeah, Jeff Dye yeah. thinks I'm a genius when we're on the really? road. Well, because he'll ask a question, I'll have the answer, and he's like, "How do you know everything?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know everything. I just know a little bit about a lot of things." You know? I will say I feel very lucky. I don't have a great memory in general, but if something is interesting to me, it's like a steel trap. That shit. I'm stays. the same way, dude. I can't yeah. remember shit that's unimportant. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, that yeah. way in school. I would like I was good at tests. Because I'd, I'd memorize everything for the test, and then once the test was over, I wouldn't know any of the shit. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I was, you know, I was valedictorian in, in high school, middle school. I went to a great college. I, re- I retained almost none of that knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> like, mean, like, I couldn't do Y equals MX plus B right what now. Did you, I couldn't solve that equation. What did you major in? Uh, business economics. That seems pretty useful for day to day life. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, economics, that's the thing. Economics is theory. Uh, okay. uh, which uh, finance is more is more practical. That makes sense. Personal finance, particularly, um, but economics is theory of how you sh- how people would act, yeah, or, or, or communities or, or large groups would act in a certain scenario. That's why I minored in uh, sociology. Sociology is a study of what actually happened, and I that think gap, that's a good combo. Yeah, and that gap there is essentially how you make money in financial markets. Wow. Yeah, because people there's expectations in reality. Yeah, and, and if yeah. expectations meet reality, everything would be priced perfectly. You you couldn't get. You know, return on your investment greater than the expectation because it's perfect. I did. But an the ep- world's not perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Understatement it's, of the day. Uh, I did an episode the other day with Avery McKinney, and we talked about in 1971 when Nixon took us off the gold standard oh, and yeah. what that did to our financial markets. So kind of similar, but same idea. Talking about like you know, people have these concepts of how they want the market to go, and it's like, yeah, but it just doesn't pan out that yeah, well, way. It's, it's, it's all emotion. You know, like everything tend towards the mean. So essentially. Yeah. Facts went out, numbers went out over time. Yeah. But in any in any one year, one month, one week period of time, it could be wildly different from what expectations are. So you sometimes I pick a topic that I think my guest is kind of familiar with. Okay. Because uh, I know you know a lot about finance. Yeah. How well versed do you think you are in money laundering? Uh, I know not the, from experience. Yeah. Personally. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I know the I know essentially the basics, but I actually wish I knew more. Because right. I like, I feel like that's a great market to be in the money laundering market. I mean, you're essentially a criminal, and you make criminal type profits, but you're not. In, you're in the nonviolent category. I yeah. mean, obviously, money launderer is always in danger of getting killed because he has the information. Sure. 
Um, but you're not out there shooting people or dealing drugs. You're just moving money around on, on you know on computers and laptops. In and general, yeah. yeah. Like, have you seen Ozark? Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Jason exactly. Bateman, Marty exactly. Bird in Ozark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a couple things, just kind of facts about Let's money laundering and get us started here. So it is estimated that as much as five percent of the world's GDP is laundered money. About wow. two trillion dollars. Wow, that's lower than I thought. You know, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. You thought it was way more. I mean, I feel like this country is built on washed money. I, 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 I thought it would be like 25%. Well, that's what they... Uh, How do you track it if you don't know it's there? So let me let me um, add a little clarifier to that. Okay. That's what they think is like currently within the past okay. like, couple years. Not like historically. Oh, okay. Yeah, Not like, yeah, yeah. Historically, everything but was laundered. Within the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah World sure. War II is financed with laundered money. Just ask the Nazis and the, and the Catholic Oh, Church. yeah, dude. Dude, our... <laughs> I mean, just throwing them under the bus right off the top. Dude, it's... Man, yeah, I mean, also like the founding fathers were just basically being like, we want to launder the money from the king. Oh, that's why this country was founded. They didn't want to pay taxes. Yeah. That's what money laundering is all about. Of course, dude. <laughs> but in general, money laundering, it's typically for illegal activity. And the most common things is either cleaning drug money or terrorist financing. Okay. Terrorist financing. Yeah. That's actually a very huge win. I, 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 well, I would have thought that'd be part of, money, of, uh, of the drug thing because I feel like most of... Uh, you know, Islamic terrorism is funded by uh, the heroin market for these days. There, there is a lot of that, but um, I'll get into more of this more in a detail. second. But, Interesting. But it's... Um, I'm surprised there's no other crimes that are that big that you can launder money for. You know, like uh, like other financial crimes, like the know, other Ponzi ones. schemes and shit like that. Yeah, that happens tax. But I guess it's small compared to drugs. Drugs, right. drugs is a $200 billion a year market. And I mean, also it, when that happens, it's usually for like an individual yeah. or like a small collective, whereas this is like major multi-cartels, yeah, the, the, the mafia, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but there's basically three steps to okay. launder money, and I'll go through the, what they are in a minute. But there's placement, there's layering, and there's integration. Yep. Okay. So placement is the most dangerous step of the money laundering. It's where you literally take the money and get it into the bank. And yes. we'll talk about how that happens. But that's basically what, you know, you, you take yeah. the cash. So sort of in the input... And then I, I, guess, I guess layering is where they, uh, if I remember correctly, let me, let me guess here, it's where they stack it up in, in fake financial corporations to hide the original source of the money. Yeah, that can happen too. That tends to happen in the layering, but okay. all, um, and it can happen in the placement depending on how you show how uh, it came. Okay. The way I like to think of it as an analogy, you know that scene in Casino where Joe Pesci is trying to like outrun the tail? Um, yeah. like he's, in, he's switching cars and he's like yeah. jumping from car to car, right? That's kind of what layering uh, okay. is. Okay, so it's like hiding the original owner of the money. Correct. So, so no one knows whose it is, so you yes. can't arrest the person. <laughs> Got right. it. That's 100%. Yeah, so the money goes in the bank during the placement, and the layering is moving it from account to account, from country to country, and making this impossible web, you know, from shell company to, to shell company. To tie it back to the original person right. that did it. Yeah. yeah. Then the last step is integration, and that's when you actually take the money that seems clean and you pull it out. And use um, it. Yeah, yeah, right. And you often use it to buy major assets that you can use to further clean the money, like casinos, yep. like real estate. You know what else is popular for laundering money? I've, I've, I've learned, obviously, any cash business, so like pizzerias, mm -hmm. uh, strip clubs are apparently fantastic for laundering money. Well, dude, it makes total sense <clears throat> because it's tons of cash. And also, like, you're not going to... Like, if you were trying to audit the clientele, like, who, you know what I'm saying? They're well, not that's the thing. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, if you, if you own a strip club, right, and let's say you're a drug dealer and you, and you bought a strip club, let's say the strip club on its own makes a million dollars a year. Right. But you're putting five million through, which includes the drug money. Yeah. You could just say you had a bunch of guys come in and spend a lot of money during yeah. the year. There's, and there's no way, like I said, what, are you going to go to the fucking videotape and see how many people walk through the door? So, you know, there's no way to check that. Exactly. So that's funny you said that because what happens a lot when people do get caught is they start doing that where they're like, oh, well, I already, they'll start ramping it up and they'll do it too quickly. Uh, okay. And then it, like, they'll be like, 
in one quarter you went from bringing in a million to 10 million. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You sold five times as many pizzas? Exactly. (laughs) How's that possible? So that tends to happen more so, less with like the cartel type money laundering, more with the guy who's like, I don't want to pay my taxes. Okay, it's like like sort of the sole proprietor money launderer. But in the U.S., it's estimated that around, let me actually, I'll quiz you. What do you think? How much roughly in the U.S., how much money is laundered just yearly? In the, in the United States. Ballpark, what they think. I'd say $150 billion. $300 billion. Wow. See? Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be a big number. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's not going to be a trillion, yeah. but it's going to be hundreds of billion, billions. But in 2020 alone, the global banks were hit with $10 billion worth of money laundering related fines for... See, right there, right there you could tell they're not going to stop. Because if in the U.S. alone, they laundered $300 billion, yeah. but globally the banks paid $10 billion in fines... That's a 500% return. That's a 500 to 1 return or a 300 to 1 return. It is worth it every time to launder them. You have to hit them with $300 billion in fines for them to stop laundering money or else they're, or else they're in the red like they're, yeah. or they're in the black rather making money doing this process. Yeah. Not enough. You need, you need bigger fines. It's, and jail time. Jail time will stop these fuckers. That's the problem with money launderers. They can buy their way out of prison. Dude, you're so right. I mean, money laundering, like, you get big sentences for it, but I mean, these guys go to, go to, go to nice federal penitentiaries or yeah. minimum security prisons. That you know they're not getting like if you throw them in real jail for five years, dude. like I said, if after you put them in like Attica or something, yeah, dude, if you put them in fucking in Lompoc, yeah, you know, for eighteen months, they're gonna get fucking beat up and raped. They're like, I'm never doing this again. Well, it's interesting you say that because we're gonna jump into some of the big, uh, oh, some people. of the big scams, yeah, and, nice. and talk about what the punishments that were that were doled out. But you're totally right, dude. Yeah. It is it is really when you think about it, like it is insane the kind of punishment someone will get for like robbing a liquor store and the general impact that had on society. Yeah. Compared to... If, if our court's system in this country has taught you anything, it's that if you commit a crime, do it as big as fucking possible. Yeah. Because, because You're totally if right, you steal dude. a car or you rob a bank for $100 million, the fucking penalty is going to be the, at the same or lower. Because if you steal that much money, it's a high-profile case. You can get high-profile lawyers. You have money, and you, can, and you can reduce your sentence. And if it's complicated, the fucking DA will make a deal with you because they don't want to go through this whole giant, long, two, two-year trial. Right. So you're better off stealing more. So if you're going to sell drugs, sell a lot of them. If you're going to rob somebody, rob them for a lot. That's, it's so that's my, that's my, dude, that's my tip so for you. Right, dude. That's my tip yeah. for you. Yeah. So actually, money laundering only became a federal crime in 1986. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, wow. right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I was born in the 50s. I've been <laughs> laundering money like a fucking bastard, dude. Oh, yeah. my God. What a gift. So it took them a while to like actually, because it used to, they used to hit people with tax evasion. We'll get into more of that, like some of those old school like gangster types. Yeah. And then over time, they realized like, oh, this is also a crime. Yeah. We can start prosecuting. Yeah. The U.S. was the first country to formally criminalize money And many countries still don't. I mean, go to Panama. It's completely legal to launder money. Dude, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> why. Or, or uh, the Isle of Man or Guernsey. You know, yeah, there's an entire island I'll get to in a little bit that had, like, the entire population of the island was, like, hit with, like... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. They had to pay a fine, each individual. Yeah, the, the government did. Yeah. So 91% of money laundering offenders end up going to prison, meaning if they're actually like charged, like formally charged, if you get to the point where the government hits you with charges, on average, you have almost a 90% chance of doing time, and the average sentence is 70 months. However... Okay, so that's about, what, five and a half, six years? Yeah. yeah. However, it's estimated that less than 1% of people who commit money laundering schemes actually end up see, going to prison. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so, so make no mistake, the federal government and state governments have, have a stellar percentage of convictions if they bring charges. Right. 
Yeah. But the problem is, you know, uh, criminals are always smarter than the people chasing them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're chasing them. They're catching up to what they're doing. Yeah. And money launderers are, have got to be the smartest criminals because it's the most complicated crime you could commit. Dude, it's so... so of course you're going to have a leg up on the government. Yeah. Half these people are lawyers you know, who already know, and, and, and finance experts who know how to right. juke the system. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it's just so funny to me that, like, um, that like, they have a less than 1% success rate in terms of, like, catching yeah. the well, laundry money. Well, think about it. I bet a lot of the people laundering money are technically otherwise law-abiding citizens, you know? Like, like, like your like you're run-of-the-mill billionaire who owns right. his own private business. He's probably not money laundering money on a grand scale, but he's definitely laundering money on some scale. Yeah, for you sure. You know, I mean, he's avoiding taxes. He's definitely, you know, and... You know, playing in that gray area. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that all counts as money laundering. It's just, it's just not attached to an illicit, uh, illicit crime. It may, like, like yeah. if you own a, a real business but are, you know, skirting money from taxes. Sure. That's, that's essentially, essentially money laundering and tax evasion. But if it's not attached to a criminal organization, yeah. you're a lot less likely to be fucked with. Well, and it makes so much sense because, like, you probably have a pretty stellar education in finance. Yeah. Which doesn't tend to lend to like growing yeah. up in a you know criminal environment. Yeah. And too, when when these guys get caught for this kind of thing, a lot of the times what the government really wants is just the money back or the bank that yep. they're stealing from. So they'll so they'll forego uh, a criminal sentence and just hit them with like a sh- giant civil penalty to get paid back. Right. Exactly. You know, so th- th- they just they just basically negotiate their way out of it. And on top of that, almost all of the cases that get brought with charges for money laundering. Money laundering was tacked on to like some other thing. Yeah, racketeering. Something right. Like that, it yeah. wasn't like just money laundering yeah. that was caught. Okay, so the FATF, which is the Financial Action Task Force, in um, 1989, the, um, they and the G7 basically created a whole wing of this to like focus on terrorism funding. Okay. So the main difference between terrorism funding, funding and money laundering, and like cartel funding is with cartel funding, you know, like if you get drug money, just like to kind of give a little more explanation if, if you don't um, understand how this works. Let's say Randy sold like $10 million in Coke, right? Well, he can't just spend that $10 million because then the government's going to be like, where did this come from? Yeah. So he's got to take that 10 mil, he's got to take it to places like strip clubs and other stores, clean it, wash it, make it seem like it's from a legitimate business, yep. then you can spend it. With the cartel drug-related stuff, it goes full circle, meaning like cartel boss gets the money, cleans it, gets it back. Terrorist funding, many times, it's going one direction. So okay. someone like on the other end of the organization is just like getting the funding to like the military yeah, wing. Yeah, to buy, to buy guns and bullets and right. shit like but that. But they're not looking to get like money back. They're using it for other... Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the non-profit money laundering. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a, it's a five hundred one you know C three of money laundering. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for it's for a, it's for a good cause, <laughs> dude. That to some, not to most, but to some. Dude, that's so funny, dude. You're so right. What a great way to think. Of it. <laughs> hey, man, it's all relative, dude. Yeah. You know. Okay, so but in 1970, the Banking Secrecy Act was set up, and that was was. Uh, do you know what this was? Uh, I know that like uh, like Luxembourg and Switzerland, they're all about bank secrecy where. Uh, individual customers no longer have an identity. They're just a name. So that way you can't connect your bank account to the person who opened it. That's that's what I know of it. Well, so this was in the U.S. Oh, in the U.S.? And so what they did, I didn't clarify that. Because they had bank secrecy laws in Switzerland that were on the books where you couldn't reveal the name of a a bank holder's... Yeah, that's how they got so fucking rich because they're hiding all the Nazi gold. Of course, yeah. yeah. I said them in the Catholic Church. (laughs) Right, dude. Um, So what it did is it made it so that if somebody deposits $10,000 or more in cash, it gets flagged. As suspicious, yep. which inter- like ten thousand in nineteen seventy is was very, a lot, very different than ten thousand now. Yes, I, I mean, but the, I mean, but but it's so funny that like that's the number. But then you could just go and see 
all right, that's the, that's, that's the limit, that'll get flagged. But if they just did a scan of people depositing $9,900, they'd find all the people that are doing this, because right. they know it's 10,000. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so there's actually, there's different methods of um, what's called like the different tactics for uh, types of uh, money cleaning. There's a yep. few major ones. That one is called smurfing. Okay. And smurfing, it's, I don't, I looked and looked and I don't know why it's called smurfing. You know, they call smurfing, uh, that's what they call people who like pick up Sudafed pills for meth, for meth dealers back when you could make you know, meth out of Sudafed. Because the Sudafed was blue, so they call smurfs to go get the blue pills. So maybe they just adopted that name. So I thought that and I looked it up. That terminology came later. The first oh. coined terminology of smurfing was in the 80s, there was a Miami-based lawyer named Gregory Baldwin who used the term in some like court proceedings and then it caught on. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. So I, it could have been like the network of Smurf cartoons, like <laughs> how they operated. I don't know. Who I knows? Really, yeah. I researched in like Reddit and all these places are like, nobody knows, dude. It's just for some reason this dude, this lawyer like used it in court and the media ran with it. So yeah, to your point there, what one way people do it, like let's say, you know, Randy had a cocaine empire and you could have a network Lord of willing. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have a network of Smurfs who would take the cash, deposit it in their you know, a bunch of different bank accounts, make it seem clean, and like less than ten grand, you're right, like nine thousand five hundred, yeah, whatever. Whatever the it goes back to you. That's very common with drug networks too, because they have a whole team of people that are loyal. Yeah, to them. they hire they hire someone for two hundred bucks a day to go to just go to every single Western Union and deposit money exactly. and, and get ninety five dollars money orders. And just as like a frame of reference, I, I ran some numbers just to kind of put in perspective how easily it is to move serious weight this way or serious cash. Let's say you do ninety five hundred dollars. You have a team of five doing it. If you do if that team of five, that's forty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. Three times a week, that's one forty-two five hundred. You then every week, one hundred fifty thousand a week, yeah, seven, yeah, seven million four hundred and ten thousand dollars. And that's not even doing it every day. Like that's only five people yeah. three days a week. So it's serious, serious money. Uh, another very popular scheme is the casino scheme. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the thing is, that's kind of a big loophole. Now this tends to happen more with like really big players. Okay. You know, you, it's like you wouldn't the same kind of people who are going to be your Smurfs probably wouldn't be able to fill the role of like the casino person. But let's say you had, you know, $10 million in cash you wanted to clean. Casinos don't check where your money comes from. They not. will just take your cash. Yeah. Why would they check? Yeah, right? They don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. So then you go to the casino. You're like, hey, here's $10 million. Who cares where it came from? They give you $10 million in chips. You go and play a little bit. You show face. You get known as a high roller there. Many times, most often, you go to a casino in a different country Okay. from where you're stationed. Yeah, I'm on vacation. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You're, you're in Monaco, yeah, whatever, whatever, you yeah. know. Right? And then you say, oh, I've got, oh, I lost half a million, but I've got my nine and a half million. You cash out. You get a receipt. That receipt yeah. now validates. You got to pay taxes on it. Yeah. But it gives validity to that cash. Spend it however you want. Yeah. You could the, say you won 95, 9.5 million. Yes. Not lost half a million. Even more so, yeah, right? Not, yeah. not lost half a million. Um, and then, so yeah, you make it look like that. Like, right. Thank you for clarifying that. So I say to the listener, you make it look like you won virtually all that money on a big game because you don't have to prove how much money you started with. Yes. You just say, I won this yeah, amount. I came in there so. five bucks. I walked out with 10 million. And there's <laughs> basically no scenario where a foreign casino and even a lot of American ones for that matter will just turn stuff over to the IRS. Yeah. So you're pretty much in the clear if yeah, you want to do that. That's great. So if I come, if I find a windfall, I got to go wash it. There you go, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, you just got to make sure not to gamble it all away. Like, I know, right? My, my dumbass will fucking lose it all. Put ten million on black and lose it. This one, <laughs> so funny. The guy's like, "Dude, I told you. Fuck. I fucking told you." Could you imagine if a Smurf went in there trying that? Like, you know what? 
If I double this, I could take 10 million from Dude, myself. I, <laughs> I would imagine they are hyper selective on who gets to Oh, do that. Well, yeah, those are the guys who get killed when you come up, you know, yeah. come up short on the money. Well, not just that also. I, I would imagine in order to like not raise eyebrows, you have to fill a fake like you're the head of a, of like one of the shell companies or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm in, like, mining. It's like, yeah. what? Well, that's why it's easier for, for wealthy people to do it because, of course. because they already have they've, – they've established themselves as, 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 move, as, like, moving in those circles and having that kind of money to throw around. Like, if, you, like if you're a fucking janitor and all of a sudden you turn up with $10 million, it's like, what right. the fuck's yeah. that? But if a guy's a banker, you know, and he's making half a million a year and he goes and gambles $10 million, it's like, oh, maybe he had a bonus he blew away, blew away or something. I don't know. Like, and it's so funny because we should scrutinize the banker because that guy for yeah, sure – Yeah, that guy definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, right. That yeah. guy definitely knows what he's doing. It's so funny. Um, the other one – it's pretty popular is cash businesses. We talked about yeah. that earlier a little bit. Very common. And not just strip clubs, but actually everything from diners, bars. Actually, the reason it's called money laundering. Do you know why? Why is that? Because in Al Capone's day, he owned a ton of laundromats. Oh. And so And all the the stunk it stunk like liquor, the 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 bills. Well, just because they would use the laundromats to clean the cash. Oh, really? As in, like, because they were cash businesses. Oh, okay, I got it, got it. Because I, as I remember, there was a scheme that, uh, that the Colombo family was running in the 70s and 80s where they were stealing gas taxes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And they, and, they were, and they were getting the cash at, you know, from each individual gas station. And because the attendants all were all, you know, gas attendants, all the money did smell like gasoline. So they would literally have to wash the money before they washed the money. That's so Because they couldn't funny. show up to a bank <laughs> yeah, with right. a bag full of money smelling like gasoline. It's like, what the fuck? Where'd you get all this? That's like, so funny. So, so they had to, like, wash the money in, in, in big commercial washers Man. before they could bring it to a bank to then start the money. That's a fascinating bank. story, by the way, if yeah. you guys want to look it up. It's really incredible. But, um, yeah, so Capone, it's interesting because um, I'll get into Meyer Lansky in a second. Oh, the, but the, the fucking the kingpin of financial crimes. Yeah, literally. Yeah. He, he, he's like, he's the best ever. He's the Michael yeah. Jordan of washing money. Yes. Um, I will say, as, as, a, as a member of the Jews, as we're known, it is a little <laughs> on the nose that like Meyer Lansky, like the Jewish mafia guy, it, like was like, I'm going to handle the money. Like that was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like that was like what he's known. You know what I mean? It does. It does give feel it a little. Give it a little Jewish guy. He'll take the money. It's like remember when I first learned about this guy, and I was like, "Oh, we were in the mafia." I didn't know that. Like, you know? And I was like, "Cool, what did we do?" And I was like, oh, "We're the fucking accountant." Come on, dude. Well, like, you know, you know, maybe you know this. Uh, maybe your listeners don't, but you know where all this Jewish financial conspiracy really came from. It was back in the day. Uh, Christians were not allowed. To uh, to provide debt to people because debt correct and, so, and same for Muslims you can't charge interest yep. according to the Quran or the Bible but the Jews had no, no such problem so they were the default bankers mm -hmm. back you know the, the Renaissance and pre and pre and predating that until until you get to like the Medici's and and the Italians get in there in the, yeah. you know, the 15, 14, 1500s. but before that it was all Jews doing the banking yeah man and I will say which like, is pretty fucking stupid if you ask me to just give up the entire <laughs> banking industry to one group of people I know like I, I think I think I think Wasp was just mad they gave that that fucking <laughs> that skill away you know like that could have been one more thing they could have had power over yeah I, I mean clearly like looking back there was no foresight like it was just, yeah. There's a lot of money to be made in lending money, and they just gave that fucking whole job away. Well, the other thing that I thought was weird when I, lear I learned that, I remember learning in school also that, like, the Catholic Church did two things that I was like, this isn't going to bode well for you guys, like, generations down yeah, the line. Rape. Yeah. <laughs> that. One. But, um, the other one, yeah, two. So, one, they didn't want people to know how to read. Because they had more control over them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know the word of God and I alone. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, so you're not going to encourage education for like generation after generation? Like, <laughs> exactly. Set and yourself then back. the people who did know how to read couldn't procreate. 
Uh, it's true. So the people, yeah, the priests could, yeah, were not allowed. So you're weeding out the most intelligent people, and yeah. you're yeah. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> I did know that about um, the money lending thing, um, which but so that's just yeah. Anyway, so so um, it's just like wow, that really it's right on the yeah. <laughs> um, so the cash business thing, it, it's popular, but it's more of like a slow and steady thing. Where the casino ones, like if you, you need get to the do huge it, amounts of money yeah. at one time. But Capone, he was thought to have been laundering $100 million a year. Which, back then? Which in today's money is $1.5 I was going to say, back then, that was, that's a, that, that, was like more, that was more than Hershey was making yeah, back then. Yeah, $1.5 billion. That, that's, probably a t- that's probably, I mean, if, you know, let's say it's 1930 that he was doing $100 million a year. That would probably put them in the top 20 largest corporations yeah. in the world. In the yeah. world. I mean, like $100 million in 1930. I think the, like, the annual salary back then was like $1,200. Yeah. yeah like, so, so 100 million yeah. is, a, is an enormous amount. Of yeah, money. but I mean, he had like the empire yeah. on crime, and then so they finally hit him with tax evasion. That's what they. That's right. You know, so they, they got him in jail. Yeah, but his. Um, so Meyer Lansky was known as the mob's accountant, and he was the first one who pioneered the idea. Because before this, they were doing like the casino scam and the and the cash business scam with the laundromats. He pioneered the idea of putting the money in Swiss banks ah. and then getting it back into the states. Okay. So he was like, he figured out. Because then he could do it on an even bigger scale, mm-hmm. right? And you, that's because then essentially. What I, what I understand what they do is, uh, it's even better, they, they beat the taxes by sending it overseas, setting up a fake corporation, yep. and having that corporation give the person who actually put the money in the bank a loan, yep. so they can then deduct the interest they're not paying on the loan yep. to back to themselves. Yep. It's just a way to move billions of dollars at once. Yeah, and it's so, like, the point you said before, it's like, oh, yeah, so, like, if you're just, like, kind of rich, you can get away with all of this. But if you're even a little bit poor, even if you're middle class, you're like, this is not even remotely an option Well, think you. about it. You have to pay lawyers <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the, the, the entry cost is high. Yeah. But if you're, if you're laundering $100 million, what's $2 million in legal fees to yeah. avoid $40 million in taxes? Exactly. You know, it's, a, it's a drop in the It's a fraction yeah. of what you pay in taxes. Right. You gladly pay. But I don't have $2 million in legal fees to start laundering money with. Like, you know, yeah, like, of course. You, you, need a, you need a big nest egg to start you laundering money. You don't have $2 million in anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't have $2 million pennies, let alone $2 million. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of Myers. He did a lot of stuff. Actually, he was one of the few mob guys that never really of that era, the big, big. Oh, big he died fish. in his he died in his sleep at home. Yeah, yeah. Got, he lung Miami, can- <laughs> eighty years old, lung cancer. Like, didn't really. Yeah, and he was. Um, you know, they really, really tried to go after him for a while, but they couldn't, couldn't get, get him. him. He was too, too smart. smart. Yep. So there's two more that are pretty popular uh, of ways that they do like the laundering. This one's interesting. So this is the foreign investment scheme, where literally, let's say I'm a launderer. And you're some guy from a foreign country, you know, you're like an invest, quote unquote, foreign investor. Okay. Yeah. So I get the money to you in some way, right? Whether we put it on a boat or somehow you get all this cash. Yeah. And then you show up and say, hey, as if we've never met, I'm a foreign rich person and I want to invest in your business. Yeah. And I say, wow, thank you. I'd love to take your investment in my business. Yeah. And then the money just ends up back in my business. That's and, smart. you know, it's, the IRS doesn't have a lot of tools to go yeah. after your assets in a foreign country. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of foreign countries do that here. Like, like a lot of real oh, estate, yeah. uh, particularly you said Miami, um, New York, like, uh, like, you know, wealthy Russian oligarchs and, and crime bosses and, 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 Ch- and Chinese yep. you know, entities will buy expensive real estate in the United States with money they made illegally overseas. Exactly. The United States doesn't care if that money was made illegally somewhere else. Yes. We'll still take the money. So, we only care if the money was legally made here. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll take you. We'll take a drug lord's money from another country, and they can buy a house, you Dude, know, in Beverly I, Hills, I love, all they want. I love that you said that because that is a huge reason why so many places in New York. Are oh, they just empty apartments, dude. Yep. Whole buildings will be fucking empty. Dude, I have a friend. I can't say too much of who. It doesn't matter. He's just a friend who works in security, and he was working with a firm in some capacity that they got hired by like a law firm to install all these like CCT like 
you know, cam- security camera systems on these houses in Southern California. And, you know, his company is, just, they do like spot checks, like every yeah. couple of weeks, they just go to the property, look around, whatever. And for like decades, like at least a full decade, no one has been in any of these houses. And, and it's like, who lives there? He's like, dude, I don't really know. Like the law firm is very, very, very secretive. But like through snooping, like it seems like it's part of the Saudi royal family. Yeah, it's just, it's just investment properties, dude. Yeah. I, uh, I sold my condo in Boston when I left. Uh, when I left the condo in 2012 or 2013. I sold it to a, uh, uh, an Asian uh, woman. Her parents yeah. were buying the house. She was yeah. from China. Um, and they were buying it. She, she was just a student at Harvard. And she was, you have to live in the dorms for your first year at Harvard. Right. But they bought the house in her name to start establishing her as a resident and a citizen. But also they were just washing whatever Chinese dirty money they yeah, fucking yeah, had yeah. over there. You know, like, just, and like, they bought it all cash, dude. Yeah. And, and they wanted me out in two weeks. And I'm like, nope, no, I need a month. You know, I, yeah, I, I got to hire moving trucks. But, but they, they were, I mean, and it was a big number, too. It was a, you yeah. know, a, a deep six-figure number. But it's crazy when you learn that kind of stuff. Like, I, like my friend who worked this thing, he was saying, I asked him, was like, how many properties? He's like, dude, it was like hundreds of millions of dollars worth yeah, of property. Dude, dude those, some of those billionaire skyscrapers on Billionaire's Row in New York on Fifth Avenue, yeah. uh, like, they're, they're 30% unoccupied, but they're 100% sold. Right. So there's just empty apartments that people bought. Exactly. You know, that, you know whoever, from wherever, that millions, 20 million extra lying around, and they bought an apartment in New York. So the foreign investment scheme is one of the safer ones, but it does have some drawbacks if you're using it for criminal stuff. So, for example, if you have someone invest a ton of money into your business, for example, you can't just, like, liquidate the business and start using the cash. It's very suspicious. So you have to operate wherever it goes as if, you know, it's a real thing. Yeah. What they do in those cases, though, I know the mafia does this a lot, but they just give themselves no-show jobs in dummy corporations. Yes, exactly. So you're like, oh, I'm the CFO of, you know, of, you know, Something, you know, janitorial corp, ABC janitor services. Right. And you have no contracts and you say, oh, sorry, we didn't get any, you know, we we weren't able to build a book of business, but we still have to pay all our employees. Our CFO is making two million a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, what? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, you shit like that. Yeah, for sure. But that's that's when people make sloppy mistakes. They don't think of that stuff and they're like, who's going to check? You got to make it look, you you can't get greedy with money laundering, I feel like. Like, a trickle will never get caught. Right. A fucking waterfall is going to get noticed. So I'm glad you brought that up too because with the cash business, how a lot of these guys have gotten caught is what they'll do is they'll have like a fake it's a business that operates quote unquote but it's fake meaning they'll sell like let's say it's they are like a pawn shop or a a laundromat whatever they don't care if the literal business is that profitable because yeah, they, they, they would hope it, there's no one coming in there. But, <laughs> but they give a shit. Right. Yeah. But then sometimes the guys are like, oh, we can like undercut all of our competition and take all the business. And then they'll start doing that and people get suspicious. Like, how can they afford it's not possible. to run laundry machines for like this cheap? And then they yeah. start digging in and then it's like, oh, yeah, it's a fake business. That's, so, how, the, that's how the mob be, uh, began to get caught with that same, with that gas tax scheme I was telling you about. They were undercharging. So, you know, it was, you know, there you let's go. say half the stations in New York were buying this, uh, this illegal gasoline, this bootleg gasoline, they were somehow able to charge 25 cents less a gallon right. than the people who were buying it from legitimate sources. Like, what the fuck? So people started looking into that, and they've unco- that's how they uncovered it. Yeah, like, people were going to notice. Dude. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. not, Your competition's how, yeah. not going to be like, well, yeah. They yeah just- you're losing money on gas. How is yeah, that possible? Right. You're like- <laughs> uh, and the last one, this is, this is a little bit, I don't know if it's newer in existence, but it's newer and people starting to pay attention, is art sales. That is a. I've heard about this. I read an article about this recently. This is a huge, huge way yeah. that people. So it's like diamonds. Yes. You know, that any any sort of uh, precious, scarce item can hold a lot of value in a small place. So think about that. Like a hundred million dollars in cash is pallets of shit. Right. 
but a hundred million dollars in diamonds comes in a little satchel. You know, like like so you, you easily move that around. Speaking of speaking of diamonds, actually, that's another reason why Jews got into diamonds. <laughs> Seriously, back to that. We're talking about the money lending. <laughs> yeah. It's because you know historically, especially during the medieval times, we had to run around from place to place very yeah, quickly. Oh yeah, makes sense. So if you had to take all of your wealth and something you could just get in on a like a thing and go. Then you would. Ha- that's what we learned how to Precious do like, money lending. So it was money lending and tailoring because they would sew like in pockets into their uh, clothes. And that's how they got in the garment industry. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Money, not- money laundering got the Jews into the garment business. I'm not kidding. <laughs> medieval. I love that. I never thought of that. That's medieval amazing. anti-Semitism ta- taught Jews how to get into diamonds, banking, and garments. I'm serious. Yeah, I see. I think <laughs> anti-Semitism is rooted in jealousy. Uh, yeah, in, maybe, in that, yeah. Like, shit, we could have had banks. You're like, well, uh, <laughs> we could have had the diamond business. God damn it! You're well, like, the, the, it's, it's all jealousy. So with the art scam, this is what's crazy: is art sales are all private. They don't. There's no laws requiring them to be public records. So how do you? So how do they collect taxes on a transfer of assets like that? Okay, so do you know what free ports are? No. Okay, so free ports. Again, this is a thing that exists for the hyper wealthy. Yeah, 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 I don't get a free port to shit. So it is. Ba- <laughs> they're basically tax-free storage units that exist around the world. Okay. Now, the earliest iteration of them actually makes a lot of sense. Back when we had like shipping of goods on the like through ships and stuff. Let's say you had like coffee from South America and you wanted to get it to England but your boat is stopping. You got to stop somewhere, right. let it hold it and put it back on the boat to your refuel exactly. or whatever they go back up. Yeah. So then they were like, well, we, it's not fair to make us pay taxes. On yeah, it's not the ultimate, you're not the ultimate destination so you're just kind of hanging around until you get to your final spot. Exactly. So they invented these things called free ports which basically can store goods like that. Tax free. Completely tax free. And then the hyper wealthy figured out, oh, if we have things that we buy that we don't need to keep on our persons yeah, and our that property. That appreciate in value, like art. Right. Yeah. And we don't want to pay taxes on them. We can put them in these free ports. How fucking, how fucked up is that, man? Like, think about that. You buy, like, a, like a priceless work of art from a Picasso, like a $200 yeah. million dollar painting. And then just so you don't avoid paying taxes, you lock it up in a locker so no one can see it. Just because exactly right. you don't want to spend money on taxes. Like, dude, it, it, he painted it to be seen. The fucking dude, thing sitting in a goddamn think warehouse. About, think about, not only that, right, but think about, like. It's like having a Ferrari and not driving it. What the fuck are you doing? Like, if you, yeah, if you, you know, like, what right. are you doing? But think about if you can go back in time and you, like, meet, like, Da Vinci or something, right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, yeah, so, like, where are my paintings now? I'm so curious. It's like, oh, yeah, some, like, Colombian drug lord is using it. Yeah, he has it, it, locked, like, he has it <laughs> locked up in a warehouse in Luxembourg. Yes, and insurance so there's to be policy. taxes on Right. It. Like, he's, like, the <laughs> he's like, what's Colombia? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What's Columbia? Yeah. But no, but it is it is insane to think about like someone's art, like the, the truest expression of who they are is just being used as a barter system for crime. You I know? know, I wish someone would pay me millions of dollars so I can lock up my jokes in a fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. free port. <laughs> um, you could take my Instagram account if you want to give me a million dollars for it. It's com- it's completely unknown how much art is in these. Of course, very, not. how are you yeah, going to check that? Right, and they have it's like more security than Fort Knox. I mean, it's wild. <laughs> but they exist here. They're in Singapore. They're in Hong Kong. They're in all the you major. Know, knowing that now, I wonder if there's people, if there's like organized crime groups out there trying to figure out how to rob these places. Because if, if, if you can get access to a free port where God knows what's... It's like a, think about it. It's like a safety deposit box, but it's yeah. the size of a room. Yeah. God knows how much treasure can be so in these. So there's a, uh, a movie called Tenet that came out. Christopher Nolan made it. Okay. And that's part of the plot line. Is they uh, try to knock off a free port. Um, but the way... I mean, I guess theoretically it could be possible, but it's like trying to rob Fort Knox. It's like... It's, it's, make no mistake, every place can be robbed. It's just a question of... Sure. You, I mean, something like that, you gotta get an inside man. You know, you gotta have somebody on the inside. <clears throat> yeah, I think... I mean... Maybe, but I think, like, from how I've researched the security, you would need, like, 
you would need to take over a country to pull yeah. it off. Yeah, also, yeah, also, if there's there's easier places to rob, they weren't going to rob. Yeah. You know, like, like, if I can get 10 million from a bank, why, why break into here for 30 million, I'm going to get caught. You know, like, right. And then it's like, where are you going to go? Yeah. Like, you're going to hide it back in the Freeport? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Right. You rob one and say, hey, can I put this in the new locker? Like, yeah. No, no. So um, on that note, okay, so there was, there's a guy named Dmitry Rybolovev, I believe. Uh, the Russians are big in this shit. So he uh, may or may not have been involved with the assassination of a political rival and like a lot of shady stuff. about. It happens you know, a lot in the Eastern, Eastern right. Eastern okay. Europe. So he bought Da Vinci's painting, uh, Salvatore Mundi, I believe it's what it's called, mm-hmm. for... A hundred and fifty million dollars, roughly. I can't think of anything, okay. anything, any piece of art, furniture that, that worth one hundred and fifty. Like that, I would spend that kind of money for. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it just hangs there. Like I, I, even a house. Like you could argue whether it's worth spending one hundred fifty million dollars on a house, but you could live in the house. Yeah, right. The fucking course. painting just hangs. Yeah. You just walk by it. You know, like I, I, there's nothing I want to look. At. Even the hottest woman on earth, I wouldn't pay 150 million for. Why? Because I don't want to look at her every day. Like I got other shit I got to do. <laughs> you know, like for that kind of money, I better be, I better be like sleeping on the goddamn. Randy is single, ladies. So yeah. <laughs> um, but here's where it gets crazy, dude. What also to put in perspective, though, like he's obviously it's sitting there as an insurance policy, right? Like, yeah. you know, if Putin's like, I'm gonna kill yeah, you. Yeah, no, I know why they do it, but I'm, but like uh, when you know. Even like Elon Musk and those kind of guys have to do this kind of shit. Oh yeah, because Elon Musk famously doesn't have a house now, so he put all this shit in storage. So yeah, I don't why'd you pay that. for all this shit? Like, loan it out to a museum. Like, right. something, do something with it. Well, here's where it gets really crazy. So he bought that painting in 2012. I forgot to write the exact number down, but in the 150 million dollar range. Okay, then in 2017, for 450 million, it was purchased by one of the Saudi royals. His name is Bar bin Abdullah Al Saud. I think is how okay. you say his name. Yeah, one of those fucking guys in the right. rags. By the way, I wonder how much those, those like, when I say rags, I mean like the robes. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are billionaires and it just looks like a white cotton sheet. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder like if, if like, if those robes are actually like, you know, like, like Balenciaga and they're like, like you know, $14,000. Like, <laughs> like oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, is there, is there a brand of so Middle Eastern robes are that are like, like the hot shit? Are like the Gucci, Gucci robes? <laughs> yeah, with, yeah with, like, with, does Gucci make robes? You got, dude, you must, there must be, it's probably like some just like they have custom tailors that, for okay. sure, dude. Well, it's a fucking robe. You don't need a custom tailor. They all hang. Like, dude, I knew a guy. You have a tailor so, you, so your robes hang different? Of course. Dude, <laughs> dude I knew a guy who worked as a valet at the Beverly Wilshire. Uh, and he told me, so they, that, there's like two spots right in the front where you can put like primo cars. Yeah. And there was this like platinum Lamborghini that I would see there sometimes. And I asked him like, dude, whose car is that? And it's one of the Saudi royals. When he would come over, he would put it on a shipping container. Oh, they do that all the time. They put them on jumbo jets now. But here's the crazy part. The car wasn't even street legal to drive in the US because it was like souped up for racing. He just wanted it in front of the hotel so that when he was there, he could be like, "Hey, yeah, that's my car." I think, I think, I think the U.S. government is second only to the Saudi royal family in its ability to waste money. <laughs> I, I, I honestly believe that, dude. I mean, like, it, it, like they, they. Uh, to be fair to them, though, at least what they do is like you could like see it. It's flashy and, yeah. and it's frivolous. The way the U.S. wastes money, you don't even see where it goes. You know, like no, it you know, goes like, to like, fund. Like, war. At least I know he's wasting money on that platinum Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I don't dude. know where the U.S. government's wasting my money, but they're, they're, they're sure shit wasting. I'll tell you, it's it's going Raytheon, Halliburton, yeah. Lockheed Yeah, it's Martin. going on missiles that are going to ship somewhere else, like don't get shot me, off somewhere don't else. Don't get me started on that shit. But here's, <laughs> here's where I put on my tinfoil hat about this, right? So this guy is like a big player in Russia. Yeah. And he sells it 
at a $300 million profit to this guy from the Saudi royal family. I wonder, like, if there's, like, political, like, bartering involved in that, right? Oh, I, like, I would bet between those two parties, absolutely. I bet, I bet the guy who bought it, uh, the he, wa- he wanted, yeah, the Saudi prince who bought it probably wanted a favor or was basically paying him under the table for some other transaction. He just said, hey, if you sell me that for, you know, you owe me $300 million. I owe you $300 million. Instead of paying you the $300 million I owe you on this illegal or, or shady activity that we're doing here, I'll just overpay for that painting that you got. Yeah. And, and now you can legally say you made a $300 I mean, it's, million. It problem. literally is like, hey, if you can help us get like uranium, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, Donald Trump did that with the fucking. We signed that, we signed that Iranian, uh, sorry, that, uh, that Saudi deal with them when Trump was in office. Yeah. And then, like, you know, three months later, they were financing Jared Kushner's, uh, you know, a new real estate project. It's so insane, I, I mean, dude. clearly that was what this was about. The other thing is that guy, I don't know. So a lot of times um, the people don't even see the item in the Freeport. It just changes ownership. Yeah, it's like, it's like money. Like, you don't yeah. see the money in your bank. But, but this guy also has, like, no record of being involved in the art game. Um, oh, yeah, well, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, interesting that, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, someone else who's been selling pictures, paintings recently, art at a very high profit, is Hunter Biden, interestingly enough. Makes he, sense. I mean, the guy's a fucking shill. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's I mean, yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. like I, I called out nepotism with the Trump family having his whole fucking family in the cabinet, and I call yeah. it out with Joe Biden with this fucking douchebag son. Like, I mean, the, guy's, the kid's clearly ne'er-do-well. Of course. You know, he, he's trading on his, on his... And to be fair, his dad didn't do anything. He's the one trading on it. But his dad should be like, cut the fucking shit, Hunter. You know, like, yeah. isn't this enough money? Like, yeah. calm down. I'm trying to be the president. Don't fuck this up. I know. It's so funny, dude. I mean, I, uh, I, I, mean, I feel bad for Hunter Biden in a way. Well, I mean, he's a, like I said, he's a ne'er-do-well you know, uh, kid who's, yeah. you know, who's had everything fucking handed a fancy to. word, ne'er-do-well. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. He's just like any other rich, rich kid or, or, or you know, politician's kid where they have, they have no accountability for their actions. Yep. They have no direction in life. They don't know what the fuck to do because they've never had to earn a goddamn thing in their life. You know what I mean? It's what so happens. true, dude. It's yeah. what happens. Yeah. And it's, it he, is. Jared Kushner, Eric Trump, fucking Chelsea Clinton. You know, Chelsea Clinton worked at a hedge fund paying her like $8 million a year. She doesn't yeah. know fuck all of about course, finance. Dude. I, I know, mean, like, right? it's the same thing. Every single one of them. That's the thing, dude. That's why, like, I'm glad I'm not a multimillionaire because my son will have to learn how to like earn for himself. <laughs> that's what I tell myself. You know, that's why. Yeah, that's why. That's why I stay poor. Yeah, for, you know, for the kid's sake. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's for character. Yeah, yeah you got to build character. That's um, the other thing too. They always talk about that. The rich. Yeah. You know, they always say, you know, all you know, nothing like a little bit of poverty and struggle to really teach you the value of a dollar. And then they leave four billion dollars to their, their shitty right, kid. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. like, well, well, if practice what you preach a little bit here, you know, you you want your kid to pull himself up by his bootstraps and we'll have him do it, or at least do put it in like a trust where they get it when they're like forty. Like make them like work through the first. Well, well I like what Warren Buffett did with his kids. What did he do? I don't so know. So what he does is uh, every year for Christmas he gives each one of his kids and his grandkids the maximum allowable gift that does, that won't be taxed, which I think okay. is like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. That's a Christmas it's gift. Nice. Yeah. It's nice, but it's not life changing, of course. And then each one of his kids has a uh, $10 million trust when he dies, and the rest of the money he's giving away. And they ask him, like, why are you only leaving your kids $10 million apiece when you're worth $100 billion? And he's like, he's, like, he's like, they've grown up with every advantage. They have my name. They went to great schools. And if they can't make it with all that and $10 million, they didn't deserve the $10 million to begin with. Yeah. And it's, Good. A, and it's, it's, a, per, it's, a, perfect, it's a perfect answer. I would like to think I do the same thing. Because $10 million is enough to, uh, enough to, I think this day and age, is to live comfortably, but not extravagantly. And if you want more, you have to work. I mean, $10 million over a lifetime, like, you know, it's not that much. No, like I said, if you put in an annuity, you can make like a hundred grand a year, hundred and twenty thousand yeah. dollars a year. So you have like a obviously a strong base where you, do, you live comfortably upper middle class, but it's not like they can just fucking go buy the Ferrari with exactly. the sides. You know? No, to me, ten million sounds like the perfect amount of seed money to start your own. Like, yeah, you're, thing, there's no, you're not worried about where your next meal is coming from, and you yeah. have a little capital to start something on your own. Exactly. 
Um, some other interesting, like, just money laundering tricks that I read about that were very popular. So in Pablo Escobar's days, yep. they used to, um, in that part of Colombia, they would do, like, mining for emeralds and stuff. So when they, have you heard about what they would do with this? Well, I know there was a famous drug dealer, um, uh, they called him the Mexican, Gacha was his last name, G-A-C-H-A. And he got started in smuggling emeralds and then eventually turned to smuggling coke because there was more money than that. But that's all I know about emeralds in Colombia. So when they would find, like, stones that were shit, that were actually, like, they looked, they could make them look nice, but they were... They just polished like, them. Yeah, right, so what they would do is they would make them look like real stones, and then they would make fake transaction things as if they were buying this emerald. Actual well, valuable emeralds. And, and then they would give them to, like, the hookers that worked as part of the cartel, like, <laughs> prostitute ring. And be like, here, you can have this, baby. You worked hard. That's so. great. They're giving their, they're giving their hooker girlfriends Fugazi diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the uh, big financial institutions. Oh, they got my favorite. Hit. I've worked for these institutions. Let's hit. hear it. So you know H- HSBC. Are you familiar? They're one of the most notorious money launderers in the, in the world. You're right. They had to pay $1.9 billion in fines yep. for laundering $881 million, much of which was tied back to your friend and mine, El Chapo. Yeah, the cartel money. I remember because they had a uh, – there was an Asian guy – uh, who was uh, a Chinese supplier of, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Not ethanol, but like whatever, whatever it is they used to cut co- uh, kerosene, whatever they used to sure. cut cocaine, and then precursors to meth. Okay. And he had a relationship with HSBC because uh, they had, they called they found with all these banking documents because he was sending that money back over. But they also broke into his house and they found eighty million dollars in cash in the walls and, and closets, Holy stacked shit. up. Yeah. That, so they so that's how they, they confiscated all that and then yeah. they tied him back to HSBC because HSBC is a Hong Kong bank. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's where he was laundering his money. I wonder why these guys don't put the money in different places. Like, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, it's. To me, the th- you know what it tells me is that it's coming in so fast that they don't know where else to fucking put yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's got to be what it is. It's like when they talk about stories how um, uh, Escobar would just bury it in, in the yeah, ground. Yeah, I mean, why else would you put it in your walls? If you, like, right. like you can get a safety deposit box with just a key, sure. but like you can't buy the whole vault. Like, what the fuck are you doing back here? Yeah, you can't own every safety deposit box in one bag. And apparently now they're—I don't know—I haven't verified this, but I've heard that now they're stricter about putting cash in the boxes. Like they've got like new regulations or something. That's like, so fucking stupid. Because of you know. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're talking about countries that got in trouble. Yeah, I wonder which country launders the most. So money. there's a country. probably the United States. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> if I had to guess, the United States launders the most money. Um. So there was a country called the Republic of Nauru. Uh, it's 8.1 square miles. Yeah, there's four people in it. Yeah, it's 10,000 people. <laughs> it's, it's an island off the coast of, um, of Australia. Okay. But they were uh, hit in um, 1998 for um, apparently cleaning about $70 billion. Wow. That was tied back so to— So those 10,000 people are all wealthy by, by definition. I mean, I mean it's got to be an extremely wealthy country yeah. to launder that much money for that few amount of people. Um, and they were, it was, that money was tied to both al-Qaeda and Jesus. Russian organized crime. So, Jesus. But it's like, yeah, this tiny little island country. It's always island countries. Yeah. You know, it's never, like, you never see, like, uh, you know, like, Zimbabwe ain't getting involved in this shit. It's always, like, you know, uh, you know Turks and Caicos or, you know, uh, well, Bermuda. Or, it's never, it's never, like, it's probably because small populations, yeah. and you can easily bribe elected officials. There's only a hand, it's got to be that. Or, I mean, like... Like, the, the, the Congress has to be, like, 12 people. It's easier to bribe 12 than 600. For sure. Yeah, of course, dude. Well, also, think about, like... What what other economy do they have? Like resorts? Yeah. yeah what are they selling? That's it. It's, yeah. it's just like resort 
locations or money. Yeah. Which is also a great reason for the rich to be there. It's like, oh, we're, you know, we're sailing over exactly. to this island. And in the hull of the boat, they have millions yeah. of illegal dollars. Or you, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or you have island countries like Haiti that are just like object poverty for like, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because they're drug lords just to, to steal everything. <laughs> their crime lords are, are, are uh, a little extreme over there. Uh, speaking of American banks, though. All right. Wachovia, you're familiar? Of course. So, yes, yeah, so they were acquired by Wells Fargo in 2008. Um, and then they actually. Yeah, I was going to say they got bought out. Yeah. Because they got in some trouble and then got bought out. <laughs> so I remember so, correctly. yeah, Wells Fargo bought them for $15 billion. Yep. They bought Wachovia. But um, after that happened, though, in 2010, it came to light that from 2004 to 2007, Mexican drug cartels smuggled as much as $340 billion what? into accounts. That were in Wachovia Bank, and the way they found it—I mean, that's got to be—that's got to be like twenty percent of their fucking uh, of their deposits. I mean, that's an enormous amount of money. So, like, because that's all cash coming in. Like, yeah. Like, like most transactions at banks aren't cash. Right. That's got to be twenty percent of the fucking liquid cash that's all come in. The way that they found it is there was a big raid that the Mexican military did, and there was a private jet that got taken, and then they were doing a bunch of back end research of where the jet was acquired from, and I guess they did it through Wachovia accounts to pay for the jet. And then through that, yeah, they, and then you know. the dominoes sort of fell. Three hundred and forty fucking billion. But dude, not only that. I, that's the thing about the drug market. I think we, un, I think whatever the reported estimates of the of size course. and scale and profits of the drug market grossly underestimates it. Of course, grossly dude. underestimates. But here's it. the here's the part that's like, are right, you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So that was the amount that they had smuggled or they had cleaned rather for the cartels. What do you think the fine was they had to pay? How much were they fined? Two hundred fifty million. One sixty. hundred and sixty million dollars. All right, so let's, let's do some quick math here. 300 billion. Yeah. Let's say they made 10% on washing that money. That's $3 billion. There you go. That's what? One sixtieth of the fine they had to pay. Why would they you? would do that <laughs> ten times out of ten? I'm surprised. They're probably if you still invest two hundred million yeah. and you get thirty billion or, th or three billion, you're doing it every nope. single time. And nobody went to prison, by the way. Of course no, not. None of the bankers. Why, did. why would they? Yeah. Why would they got promoted? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys who did that definitely got promoted because their profits were through the roof. So since that, the um, what's known as the AML. Or How the did no one go to jail for that at Wachovia? How like you somebody know, had somebody there had to do something. I'll, I'll tell you exactly why because I guarantee you the people that were close to going to jail funded some campaigns of, of course, po politicians. Of course, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, they they basically le quote unquote legally bought off the DA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you know what they do with that too? The corporation will uh, the, so the the person working at the corporation won't get in trouble. The corporation will, cl will claim responsibility because the corporation you can't right, put in jail. Exactly. Yeah, and you could and you could and you could criminally. Uh, indict a corporation but even in a criminal indictment you can't put a corporation in jail so all you can do is fines i mean could you so, so like oh yeah yeah the corporation did it fine us dude could you imagine if that like worked in any other way it's like no it wasn't alex getlin who murdered him it was alex getlin incorporated yeah that's what, i want to open up an llc so i could so i could commit crimes it wasn't <laughs> yeah. me yeah it was the corporation yeah, that did dude. it i didn't do it <laughs> yeah valerio llc committed like yeah, arson tons of crimes <laughs> yeah but not me i'm just an employee of the corporation um this is what's crazy too dude and it's like i don't so you i think might understand um the how this works a little bit better than i do in terms of like banking and stuff but so the anti-money laundering uh, market, which is a big industry growing yeah. to try and catch these things, it's valued at $1.7 billion. However, when, with the current tools they have, 95% ends up being false positive. So things that get flagged, 95% of them end up being like, oh, no, that was a mistake. It's of fine. Of course, because the, because the people who are laundering money know that this thing exists and know their ways around. Like, it's, it's the cat and mouse game. They're always going to be one step ahead. So you're ch it's, it's, like, uh, it's like what we do with uh, taking off our shoes at the airport. Yeah. You know, they're never going to use a shoe bomb again, yet we still take our shoes off at the airport because they tried it the last time. 
like they're they're not dumb. The terrorists aren't going to try the same tactic twice. Yeah. So, but we still pay the price for the time they did it. You know, that's what they do. With, that's how this works. Like this new anti-money laundering thing is, isn't catching anybody because they're using yesterday's tactics today, and they're and and the and the criminals are using tomorrow's tactics. It's today. And it's you're so right, dude. And it's like, see, the schemes we're talking about are the ones they know about. Of we course. don't know about the yeah. Ones you don't know about the new scheme, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and then it's like, is there even a point of trying to catch it? Because are you is it costing more manpower and you know financial resources to run the system to try and catch yeah. it in the first place? You know one. You know one good way for, to get the banks to cut this shit out is to give. It's kind of like the whistleblower law, where if you like are are aware of a fraud, financial fraud and you report it uh, as a, under the whistleblower law you're entitled to 20% of of the as of the assets seized the size of the crime so the guy who figured out Bernie Madoff made like a, you know 800 million dollars something dude like that. i didn't know that because, because he he blew the whistle on him yeah. you know uh, if they did that at the banks say hey if you discover money laundering We'll let you keep twenty percent of it, well, <laughs> you know, dude. The, then the banks will be like, "Fuck the Mexicans! We're, take, we're taking all their money." Like, yeah, it's man. over. You know what's crazy is there was a guy at Wachovia who was trying to sound the alarm. They're like, "Yeah, d ignore that. Shut up." Like, we're <laughs> <laughs> making too much money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Have you seen this? I'm gonna do an episode next season on this. Have you seen that documentary? Oh, we've talked about this crime of the century about yes. the fentanyl epidemic, uh, and it was like the same thing, man. The guys who were like, yeah, the I watched Dope Sick. Made me yeah. want to kill every Sackler family member out there. Exact same thing. Know, why didn't end them? Why <laughs> is Richard Sackler not in federal prison? Oh, he killed half a million people. Yeah, because <laughs> he bought off politicians. Yeah. A couple other last, a couple things we'll wrap up in a bit, but kind of round us off here. So, according to the World Anti Money Laundering Index, the three countries that are the most at risk for Ooh, being origins of money laundering. What do you think? Guess top three countries of like it's you might uh, in, in, Switzerland. So not where it happens. Okay. But or where it starts? Yeah, uh, I would say Mexico, Russia, the United States, Afghanistan. Oh, uh, well, I forgot the heroin trade, terrorism. Yeah, Haiti, Haiti. Really? Yeah, and Myanmar, Myanmar. Yeah, interesting. It must. Well, so I guess Myanmar. At least that's like you know they're kind of close to the Golden Triangle for heroin, maybe. But like Haiti, what, what the fuck are they? Sell? What, like who? What crime groups are the big crime groups are operating in Haiti? I don't know. I, I mean, mean that, that, like international, that could like move that kind of money. Right, yeah. That's, I don't know. That, that's bizarre. Um, and it was also doing. found by the same organization that in 2019, North Korea was able to move $175 million through U.S. banks. Oh. So, so they found that after U.S. Fact. banks, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's surprising because they must have to go through a second yeah. or third country. Um, the lowest risk on the other end, mm. Estonia, Andorra, which is like this little tiny, uh, tiny like nation state in between Spain and France, and Finland. Um, but yeah, this the, is the, see, the Finns have, seem to have a pretty good lifestyle up there. They yeah. have like one of the highest uh, life expectancies, one of like the highest uh, you know consumer optimism rates. They're, they're fucking free healthcare. I'm yeah, not they don't need to Finland. Hot chicks. There I'm you not go. To, to Finland. They don't need to. It's cold as shit. But true, true. But this is my favorite. The last thing is um, out of all the states in the U.S. In 2019, that was the last year yeah. I could find records for this. What do you think had the most money laundering cases? All right. So I know most corporations are based in Delaware, but that might not be the money laundering goes through. I know different states have better banking regulations. I know like Nevada and I think Utah have very favorable banking regulations. I'm going to go Nevada. Florida. Well, I mean, of course. <laughs> of course, Florida. Even that, even that. 2019, there were 71. Which, which I guess I, I wasn't considering the fact that, uh, that a lot of the, the South American banks operate in Florida. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah sure. And also that. the whole city of Miami was built on cocaine yeah, money. Yeah, built on cocaine money. Yeah. But, uh, but Delaware, again, another state where it doesn't have a reason to exist. The only reason it does is so corporations can you know, incorporate oh, yeah. Delaware because they have favorable corporate laws. 
And then uh, I know a lot of foreign countries actually launder money through Nevada now. That makes sense. Because they have favorable foreign banking laws. Yeah. So, like, each state has different banking laws. Yeah. I feel like Delaware is, like, the island of America. Like, how, like, the, like, the yeah, island countries. Yeah, exactly. That's their only economy. Dude, do you know London? London, the, like, London, like, there's a, like, old London, like, the original city yeah, of London, yeah. has a separate... Uh, set of laws and like really? the rest of Greater London and the rest of UK. So it's it's like like corporations uh, will register themselves in like like old London. That's why they fight for addresses down there because you're, you're grandfathered into some old favorable laws for corporations. Man, yeah. not, that's not surprising at all, but it's like just some fucking loophole that somebody was able to hold on to. All right, guys, before we wrap up this episode, I want to take a second and thank our friends over at Stash Monkey. If you've got a stash you're looking to store safely and responsibly, Stash Monkey's got you covered. Stash Monkey is a combination locking, smell-proof stash box that you can use to store cannabis, prescriptions, or really just about anything you want to store safely. The owner's a friend of mine, and he invented Stash Monkey because, just like me, he's a dad who enjoys cannabis and wants to store his stash safely and responsibly. I own one myself, and it's a great product. It comes with a built-in rolling tray and a removable silicone organizer you can use for things like vape pens and cartridges. Stash Monkey's a big supporter of all of our podcasts on the Skewed Orbit Network, and if you want to order one, head over to stashmonkeystore.com slash skewed. Again, that's stashmonkeystore.com slash skewed, spelled S-K-E-W-E-D. You'll save 5% on your order, and it really helps out the show. Of course. Yeah. I mean, look, you're not going to stop money laundering because there's too much money to be made on it, just like, just like drug dealing. Yeah. Uh, what, what seems to be the only thing that worked, which is how, honestly, how the American mafia has, has mostly been uh, pushed back was the, the government took over all the rackets they were in. Right. So think about it. Uh, the lottery used to be illegal. That's yep. how they did, like, you know, uh, the, the Boleto lotteries and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and running numbers and stuff like that. Liquor used to be illegal. Yep. Marijuana used to be illegal. Yep. Uh, but there was one other one, that, another great example. But, like, but there are all, other big ones. all those businesses yeah. that the mafia was historically made money in. Right. The government just made legal, and they take the money now. It's, so that's, that's how they really stamped them it's, out. So, I, yeah, that's true. And then it's also, like, the rise in technology. We're like, it's, it's a lot harder to get away with a crime. You can't do, like, a protection racket when you have, like, yeah, cameras everywhere. you can't everywhere. murder people if, like, yeah, if everyone has a cell phone. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't, like, walk into a business. It's like, I'd be ashamed if something happened. Be like, you know, this is, like, streaming to, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I can see your face, you know? Like, this goes back to this yeah. my security company. Yeah, there's DNA analysis now. It's like, it doesn't yeah. know what it, you, know, you can't you commit can, murder. So much harder to, yeah, man. I think about that, like, if I lived in the Old West or something, how easy it would be to just kill someone. Oh, my God. If I lived in the 30s, I'd absolutely be a criminal. Who the, <laughs> who the fuck's going to catch you? Yeah. You, move, you move to the next state, and no one knows you exist. It really is. You didn't even need, like, ID back then. You could just say who you are. I mean, <laughs> dude, you could just move across town. Like, literally, if you went back in time far enough, you'd move, like, three miles away. Yeah. People would be like, oh, yeah, you're just, like, a totally new person. Well, dude, right now, right now, even if you don't, even if, like, even if you're just carrying your cell phone, and a murder's committed yeah. around you. They can go to the cell phone tower well, and figure it. out who was around during the murder. Do you know Michael? I think his name is Michael Francese. He's yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy in the Colombo family who did the gas tax. Game. Yeah, he's the main like YouTube yeah. personality now. He talks about yeah, that's why the at least the Italian mafia has really taken a dip in like what they do because all their tactics you can't pull them off anymore with like the security state of yeah, technology. Yeah, the, the way it works right now. And that's why a lot of the big crimes and the big money uh, to be made, particularly in money laundering now, is all digital crimes. And yeah. a lot of times now they're using crypto to, to, to launder the money. You know, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, but from the research I did, it still is estimated that over 90% of money that's laundered is from, like, traditional fiat currency. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's, it's, it's much more, uh, 
you know, usable. Like, right. I mean, you, you know, go to Starbucks and try and buy a fucking cup of coffee with Bitcoin. You know, that's how far Especially you get. Especially now, yeah. dude. Or better yet, try and buy a kilo of cocaine with Bitcoin. Yeah. No one's, you know, I'm pretty sure they're not taking Bitcoin. That, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean. No, why would they? Because it right. fluctuates too much. Yeah, and they have it, to exchange it anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and then they have to explain what they exchange the fucking hundred million dollars in Bitcoin for. That's so funny. Yeah, so, you're so right. Yeah, <laughs> cash, you know, cash on a boat is a lot easier than Bitcoin yeah, on the computer. You're so right, dude. So, dude, that was money laundering. What do you think? What are your takeaways? Uh, I mean, I wish I'd gotten into it, dude. That, honestly, I, so it's the, not too late. You can I know, start. right? Sure. <laughs> the guys who get into it are like all private. They call them private bankers and private wealth management guys and, and uh, uh, like estate planners. Yeah. Those are the guys who like, you know, launder right. money. Um, and it's a pretty cushy lifestyle if you can get it. I think the, the cool thing about it is like the access that's needed. Like, no, even criminals, like criminals are just like, uh, like you and I, like I don't have access to certain banking privileges because yep. I don't have enough money and certain criminals don't have access to exactly. money laundering because they don't have enough money. Right. Like you, have yeah. to get, you have to get into the stratosphere yeah. to start, start fucking around with something like that. You know what's crazy too, dude? It's like, it's not like, it's not like, um, there, there are certain kind of rich people that are clearly like uber smart, like Elon Musk, right? Like that guy is hyper wealthy for his brain power. But, like, a lot of these money laundering guys, they're just from, like, rich upbringings. Yeah, and, and they just know, and they work, and they work at, you know, the, uh, Bank Boston Trust. Right. Which was just like a trust fund entity that's been laundering but, money for generations. But they didn't, like, invent some incredible algorithm that no. figured, they just like, oh, I have, I have enough money where I can just make this happen. And, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, a, it's an access thing. You have to have a certain amount of cash to get in there. And I wonder what that is. Like, I wonder what... You know what it's like? like what's it's like, the break point? Like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm making... $2 million a year in illegal income, yeah. do, I, do I then have enough money to avoid taxes and launder it properly? Like, th- what's, the, like what's the break point? I think it's all scalable because I think with, if you think about it, like with any small amount, you could do the like cash business method. Yeah. Right? Like if you're, if you're like a small-time drug dealer and I have like a diner, then you and I just work out a deal and I'll yeah, just clean I'll, all yeah, your- I'll pay you five grand a month if I can wash 25000 Well, that's kind of like in, in Ozark with the, uh, the, the original protagonists that are the heroin farmers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They have yeah. the one strip club. That's like their one place they wash their money. That's true. And then the cartel comes in and it's like, okay, we need to like build like multiple casino boats. To- yeah. Spoiler if you haven't seen it. I know, right? <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how many, like how dangerous it is though like to be a cartel money launderer. I'm sure. Rel- relative to like, being an, any other member. Because uh, the thing is you know a lot. It's, you're, it's probably one of the safer positions, but I still think like I think they I think they worry about you because you're a blue a white collar guy, not a blue collar guy. They worry about you being a rat yeah. more than they would a killer. I would, like they they would trust a killer more than they would trust their money guy. Dude, I, there is no amount of money that could ever entice me to work for a criminal organization like that because I oh never, there's there's enough money for me guys. No, if, I, you guys, if a criminal organization <laughs> wants to hire me, I can be bought. I would, I would never be able to relax. I'd be nervous all the time. That is the one thing that's amazing about criminals, how they, their ability to, uh, like, to handle that fucking fear, you know, to handle that constant stress of, are the cops going to get me or one of my enemies going to shoot me? Yeah. You know, like every day, every minute of every day. I think it's just like when you're, when you're in the life, you're, yeah. you know, but, uh, but dude, this is great, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, bud. R- remind everybody, like, how to yeah, find you. Uh, you, could fi- uh, you can listen to my podcast every Wednesday, the Ready, Set, Blow podcast. It's on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. Uh, you can follow me at, uh, at Randy Valerio, R-A-N-D-Y-V-A-L-E-R-I-O on Instagram. That's my number one, but I'm also on Twitter and all that other shit. Dude, not, I, not, I, not a I real will... TikTok guy yet, but I, I might have to jump on there with all these I'll, podcast I'll, clips. I'll chime in super quick. Your Instagram is mostly, like, your tweets, 
and they're fucking hilarious. Thank you. Like, Thank re- you. like I don't. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a bit of a meme lord. <laughs> yeah, Randy. Like some people are like, oh, whatever. Randy's really good at twi- Twitter jokes. Thank a lot you. of comics appreciate aren't, it. and yours are like. Appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, you do like the carousel. Where we can swipe through. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, give me a variety pack. Uh, um, yeah, love doing this, but I'll have yeah. you on the Ready Set Blow podcast. He'll be on soon, guys. So check yeah, that out. I love it, dude. Uh, guys, I've been your host, Alex Getlin. We will see you next time. Thank you.